Good to see you, and uh, yeah, special welcome to you if you're here for your first time this morning. You are very welcome. We, we just love, it's been brilliant having so many new people come along uh, to King's recently, and I think every week we've got someone who's never been before, and I do hope, uh, whether you're sort of, whether you've been a Christian for a while, or whether you're, you're, you're just exploring the Christian faith, you're not even sure you're a Christian, you're so welcome here this morning. Well, we're continuing, like Jeff said, we're continuing this series we've got going on called Gifted for Purpose. What we're doing is we're looking at what the Bible says about God giving us abilities as Christians, gifts, um, to enable us to, to make a difference for him, to fulfill our purpose, the purpose he has for us to live and make a difference, to do good things in the world that God wants to be done. And um, if you're not a Christian, I do hope this series is, is helpful Perhaps just in the sense of getting a feel for, you know, what, what is being a Christian like? And actually, one of the things I guess we're saying throughout this series is actually God is very present and active in our lives. He's, he's working in our lives to enable us to do good things in the world around us. It's not just about prayer times and worship, singing worship songs. It's about actually doing good and uh, blessing other people. And so many of these gifts, that's what they are all about. Uh, if you missed any of the series, you can catch up on our website, the media section. And so far, what we've spoken about in terms of spiritual gifts, just a couple of, sort of key things we've said. One is that the Bible says that all Christians are gifted for purpose. All Christians. I've got at least one gift. It might need discovering. It might need growing. It might need developing. You might need training and equipping and helping by others, just like that uh, prophecy morning we've got coming up. And also that there's a great range of gifts. There's a great range of gifts from those that sound very ordinary and perhaps have a significant overlap with everyday things. Uh, you know, practical help, speaking encouraging words, leadership, teaching. And then on the other hand, there are also, amongst the sort of many and varied gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, there are some that sound a bit more extraordinary, uh, not so everyday, supernatural, miracles, healing, for example. And last week and this week, we're looking at two particular gifts that come into that kind of category. They are a bit more unusual, particularly if you're not used to church. Um, prophecy, we thought about prophecy last week uh, with Dunk. Such a helpful message about the gift of prophecy. Uh, it's really uh, about listening to what God is saying and then sharing what we've heard with others so that individuals or the church can be strengthened, comforted, or encouraged. Such a useful gift in the life of the church. Uh, a gift that potentially any Christian can have and something that we should eagerly desire. This week we're looking, this is one of, it's one of basically there's two weeks where we're looking at individual gifts. There's only two weeks where we're looking at individual gifts. Uh, this week we're looking at speaking in tongues. Um, I don't know if you're, some of you, you'll know all about that. You've been Christian for many years or a Christian in this kind of church. Others of you, this is something that is unfamiliar. It might even be you're here this morning, you've never even heard of it. Uh, tongues simply means languages. So it, it sounds a little, bit, a little bit easier when we think of it like that. It's speaking in languages. It's, it's the gift of languages, essentially. Tongues was the old English word for languages, but they, and it was in the early translations of the Bible into English, but 
I guess we kind of kept it because it's come to have a sort of special meaning for this gift. So that's why it tends to keep appearing in uh, English translations of the Bible. And really what it is, is the ability to be able to speak to God in a language that you don't understand and you haven't learned. And if you think that sounds a little bit weird, then it is. Um, it is weird. Um, and, and maybe for some of you, maybe some of you, you've spent a lot of time in other churches. You're a Christian. You spent a lot of time in other churches. I spent many years in churches where this gift was not talked about. Um, it wasn't really practiced. Maybe even in churches where it was kind of frowned upon to some extent. Or it wasn't really believed to be a thing that God still uses today. But we do believe at King's Church all the gifts of the Spirit continue today. We don't see from the Bible there's any reason to think that they've stopped. And, uh, but yeah, you may have a sort of negative experience around this speaking in tongues. I do hope that it, it helps you this morning. It, I hope it helps you if you're really positive about it as well. You may have used it. You may have this gift. You may have been blessed by it. And uh, whatever gifts we have, this is the theme throughout the series, whatever gifts we have, we want to use them and we want to make the most of uh, what God has given us for his purposes. But it's so important that we go back to the Bible. Whatever sort of experience we've had or you know, maybe even we're a bit afraid of, of this gift, we've, we've, maybe we've prayed about it and nothing happened, it's so important that we keep coming back to the Bible. You know, what does God say about this? Because this is the kind of gift where it can be really easy to just be driven along over the years by our experience of it and what people have said about it and we can come a, become a little bit detached from what the Bible says about the gift and how to use it. So that's what we're going to do this morning. And um, the funny thing is that the bit of the Bible that we're looking at um, was written to Christians who were getting it completely wrong when it came to this gift and other things as well. Um, but part of that, it's in some ways... It was because they were getting it so wrong that the Apostle Paul needed to write to them. And we get a certain amount of the teaching that we've got is because he needed to step in and try and correct them and guide them in the right use of spiritual gifts. So it's, it is quite helpful, but you just need to bear in mind that what we're reading here is being written to Christians who are getting it wrong. And as we go through, I'll sort of try and, we'll try and work through what he's saying and why. But um, let's first of all look at 1 Corinthians uh, 12. 7 to 11. Let me just pray, actually. Let me just pray. We, uh, the Bible is God's Word, but we do need the help of the Holy Spirit to understand it, to enlighten our minds, to help us to know what it means for us. Father God, I do pray that you would just open up your Word for us this morning. Lord, it might be a living Word for us this morning. Lord, you might speak to us. You might give us understanding. Lord, we might be reassured uh, of, of your good purposes in what we're looking at this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. We've, we've mentioned this a few times in our series so far. Uh, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common goods. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. 
and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he um, determines. So speaking in tongues and this related gift of interpretation of tongues, they appear as part of, this is one of the lists of, a sort of example list. It's not all the gifts, but it's an example of some of the gifts, the many gifts that God gives to Christians. Just like all the others, uh, speaking in tongues, it's from the Holy Spirit, it's for our good. And I guess in that sense, there's nothing to be afraid of. I think we need to hear that this morning, particularly if we're perhaps nervous about this whole area. There's nothing to be afraid of because every gift that God gives is good. But we do want, need to hear what he's saying about them, how he wants us to use them. On in chapter 13, which we're going to look at in more detail in a few weeks' time, talks about sp- using, <clears throat> using tongues and all the gifts actually in love using them in, in love towards other people. Such an important thing. It's not, just a, it's not just impacting on us. You've got to think about how it impacts on others. And then on the into chapter 14, and this is probably more about what we'll, we'll speak about this morning. Chapter 14, verse 1. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They are to mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. Edifies really just means builds up, strengthens. In fact, it's the same Greek word from which it says strengthens uh, as well. It just means it strengthens the church. It strengthens you spiritually. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, we're not going to cover everything. We're going to come back to this gift along with some of the others, particularly later on in the series, later in chapter 14, and it's actually going to be after Easter. Rich is going to have... It's going to be three weeks about what does kind of New Testament worship look like? How do we, particularly, how do we use the gifts when we gather together, particularly on a Sunday morning, maybe prayer meetings, that kind of thing? So I, I'm going to say, if I don't answer any questions, Rich will, Rich will cover those later. So um, hopefully. But so, yeah, but the, the yeah, so we're, we're not going to cover everything about how it's used, particularly in these kind of gatherings. But I will touch on that. As we go through, well, let's a few sort of basic questions about this then. And apologies if you know all, if you're a Christian and you know all about this, and hopefully it's just a bit of a refresher or just to reassure you, yes, the Bible really does say that. What is speaking in tongues? What is speaking in tongues? And um, yeah, like I said, a common sort of definition of it would be to pray or praise God in a language that we don't understand. Um, a few weeks ago, we mentioned a book by Sam Storms called Beginner's Guide to Spiritual Gifts. Would recommend, if you're at all interested in um, reading more, particularly about some of the more spiritual, uh, sorry, supernatural, odd-sounding gifts, um, there's a couple of chapters about uh, tongues or languages in that book. I found them really helpful reading them this week, so would recommend that. 
But um, so what is speaking in tongues? First of all, it's another language. It's another language. The only other book of the Bible, apart from 1 Corinthians, where we see the gift of languages going on is the book of Acts, um, as far as I know. Uh, Acts chapter 2, right at the beginning, Jesus has gone back to heaven, and the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is given to empower the first disciples uh, to go out on mission, spread the good news of Jesus. And we read this about Jesus' disciples, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Galileans, how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And this was a unique occasion in the history of the church. From here, the gospel went out and spread throughout the world. But it is an important example of seeing the gift of languages in operation. I'm just going to use perhaps tongues, languages, sort of uh, alternate between the two as we go through because that's what it is. And here you've got disciples of Jesus empowered by the Holy Spirit speaking languages they hadn't learned, declaring great things about God. But there were people there who spoke those languages, who recognized them, who heard them, who were amazed. How, how is it that these people can speak our language? And it was a special moment. And one of the things that was going on at this time was it was kind of symbolic of the fact that actually the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, relationship with God through Jesus, is for everyone. It's for people of, you know, from every nation, every language. It's for absolutely everyone. And uh, this was the start of something wonderful happening in terms of the gospel going out. And if you read through the book of Acts, you will also see that there are people who speak in tongues on occasion. Uh, some people, when they become, some but not all, people when they become Christians and they receive the Holy Spirit, they speak in other languages. So it keeps coming up like that. Well, another question then, which language is it? Which language is it? In Acts 2, as I've just said, they were obviously speaking different languages because people from different nations who spoke different languages all heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own language. And they come together for a Jewish festival in Jerusalem. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you may have heard stories of people, um, uh, maybe a Christian who was praying uh, in this other language, and it was overheard by someone who was like, oh, that's my language. And it may have even led to God working in their life, some amazing, there's some amazing stories surrounding that kind of thing. But I think also that when, now we're looking at 1 Corinthians, I think what Paul is saying, in a sense, is kind of how it normally works. Of course, God can do anything with this gift. God can do anything. But 1 Corinthians is really about how does the gift normally work in the Christian life and in the church when it gathers together. And I think from what Paul says, that it seems that most of the time, the gift is not a known human language. I'm not going to go to the stake over that. 
But uh, it, this is how it seems. I'll tell you why. A few different things from the text. First of all, Paul says, chapter 14, verse 2, Indeed, no one understands them. They are to mysteries by the Spirit. He doesn't say, no one understands them, apart from if someone from various uh, nations walks into your church meeting. He says, no one understands them. There's a gift of interpretation. Interpretation is a gift. He doesn't put that alongside, and there also being someone there who can naturally interpret the languages. Uh, Paul keeps saying that if someone uses this gift in public, without interpretation, people won't understand it. They won't get anything from it. He doesn't say if there's people there, apart from if there's people there from uh, the the countries that speak that language. Uh, And in chapter 13, he also says, and because this is what a lot of this is why a lot of Christians would say it's it's perhaps not uh, always a human language. Uh, It could be the language of heaven. Uh, Chapter 13: If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but have not love. Uh, he goes on to talk like that. So it could be, could be a, a heavenly language spoken by angels. If, I'm not, if you're thinking it's sounding weird already, then it's maybe sounding even more weird at this point. Um, I thought I was just getting hold of the idea it was another language. Um, anyway, but I think the important thing to get hold of is it is a real language. Whatever it is, whatever's going on, whoever's speaking it, whether it's different people have different languages or whatever, it's a real language with real meaning to those sounds that are making. It's not just like a baby babbling, and it's, it's, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit like they're a bit like they're talking. No, it's not a bit like they're talking. It's a real language with a real purpose. Okay, uh, what else about speaking in tongues? It's speaking to God. It's speaking to God. Verse 2, anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. And further on, chapter 14, Paul talks about, he talks about praying in a tongue. He talks about singing in a tongue. It's, uh, in fact, he talks about singing in the Spirit, or with my Spirit. It's another way of talking about doing it in this other language. He talks about praising God in the Spirit. He talks about it being thanksgiving. And, and one of the things that Paul is saying, it's a crucial difference between prophecy and tongues aside from the the language bit, is that prophecy is God speaking through a person to other people, but tongues is a person speaking or singing to God. It's prayer, it's praise, it's thanksgiving. And, And I think that fits with what's going on in Acts as well. They were declaring the wonders of God in worship. They weren't preaching in tongues. The message happens later on with Peter standing up. It's like they were worshipping, I suppose, and uh, people overheard that. Now, that's normally what it is, of course. As I say, God can do other things, and uh, you may have heard stories of other things, or even, even, of, even of someone, I mean, I heard, I heard actually, no, I won't say the story because I, I can't verify it, but I've heard some amazing stories about, yeah, how someone just thought, I'm, I'm just praying to God in this language, and someone overhears it, and something amazing happens in terms of them hearing it, even uh, you know, yeah, getting them out of a difficult situation, even through this person overhearing it and hearing something from God. But normally, it's a person praying or praising God. Or what else? It's, it's with your spirit, not your mind. It's with your spirit, not your mind. Verse 14, 
For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And what it seems to be, it seems to be like the, the inner person, your spirit, speaking directly to God, enabled by the Holy Spirit, but sort of bypassing your mind. It's getting weirder, isn't it? Um, it's, a sort of inner, it's basically someone speaking directly to God without their mind being involved and their mind deciding what to say. Now, maybe if you... If you have this gift, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't have this gift, but you've heard other people using it, uh, maybe, maybe on a Sunday, maybe you heard someone sort of using that gift quietly uh, on a Sunday or a prayer meeting. Um, and there's often a kind of fluency to it. Sometimes it's quite fast. You know, it's not like kind of umming and ahhing that certainly I do when I'm trying to decide what to say or to pray. There's a sort of fluency to it. Now, I guess that is because it is, it, it, your mind is not involved trying to work out, what am I going to say next? What am I going to pray next? Just a little bit about how it works for me. So I, I do happen to have this gift. I'm able to do that. I'll tell you a bit more about <clears throat> how that came about later. But um, I'm grateful to God that I'm able to, to pray in another language. Just, um, I'd say just earlier in the week, I was just having a time of read the Bible, I was having a time of praying, and I was feeling troubled about something. I can't remember what it was, probably wouldn't tell you what it was anyway, but uh, troubled about some situation, and um, I was praying about it in English, as I normally do, and I just got to that kind of point where I just thought, I just want to pray some more about this, but I just didn't really know what to say. I didn't know anything more to say, I thought maybe I'm at risk of repeating myself, uh, you can repeat yourself to God, that is absolutely fine. Um, but I just sort of ran out of words, and I guess a lot of Christians will say this, sort of ran out of words, and I, nothing funny happened, but I just chose to start praying in this other language for a few minutes. I don't know exactly what I was saying, but I had a sense that we were sort of on the same subject, you know, because in my heart I thought, I want to pray about this particular thing. I was praying in this language that I didn't understand. And then I think probably... Just, this is just personal experience, so don't say this is exactly how it has to be. I suppose it's probably a little bit like my mind caught up, and then I went back into praying in English. What I would probably say was probably the interpretation of what I had been saying in this other language. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really useful gift in terms of just helping us pray, um, but it does operate in an, in an interesting way. That sort of praying with your spirit, not with your minds. Uh, last thing to say, um, I'm just talking about in terms of what it is, it's self-controlled. It's self-controlled. Praying in tongues does not involve going into some kind of trance-like state and your eyes kind of go, you know, go back and uh, you're, you're sort of hypnotized or something and then something comes over you and you, you, your lips and your mouth start kind of moving and like, what, what's going on? Where's this strange voice coming from? It's not like that at all. That would be very scary and weird. No, it, it, you're totally in control of it. You're totally in control of it. I guess I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not fluent in any other languages other than English, sadly. Um, but I imagine that in some sense, just being able to switch between the two. If you are fluent in, a, in two different languages, and you could just sort of, without, without re much effort, switch between the two, it might be a bit like that, I think. 
This is what Paul says about it. Later on when he's talking about using spiritual gifts in an orderly way when the church gathers, and as I say, Rich will say more about that later, he says this, chapter 14, verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. That sounds like kind of trying to read between the lines as you read through 1 Corinthians, a big problem they had was they had lots of people trying to speak in tongues all at the same time. No one giving an interpretation, and it just went on and on and on and really dominated their meetings. And in fact, they thought it was brilliant, or some of them did. They thought it was really spiritual, a sign of being really spiritual. And Paul says, no, the gift can and should be used in a very orderly way. You can, it, you, you're in control of it. You can take in turns, he says. You can hold back when there's been enough. And when there's no one to interpret, you can, you can stop. You can not do it. You're in control of it. You're, it's a self-controlled thing. Now, there's, there's, um, there's more we could say uh, uh, about that. But I think it's just important, yeah, just to emphasize, it's, it's not a scary thing. It's not a scary experience. I, if, you, if you don't have this gift and you spoke to someone who did, I don't think anyone would say, oh, oh you know, it's, it's really weird. It's a really scary thing. No, it's just like all the gifts. It's a good gift from God. Even though it sounds very unusual, it's a good gift from God. And uh, it's praying, praising God in a language that we don't understand. Uh, well, next question then, what is it for? What is it for? What's the point of it? Uh, chapter 14, verse 3. And uh, I've read this already, but let's just look at it again. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening comfort, encouraging and comfort, but anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. You would be forgiven for thinking when you read this, well, hang on a minute, it just sounds like, sounds like that's not really the one to go for then. Surely, prophecy, that's the one to go for. Now, I think you have partly that we have to understand that Paul was speaking to a situation where they were completely out of balance. They were completely overemphasizing, uh, speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. And he's trying to think, bring things back into balance, saying, actually, you know, that is not the most useful gift in terms of being easily understood and building up other people in the church. It, it needs interpretation. And uh, that's not always possible. Prophecy is the sort of direct, strengthening, comforting, and encouraging words to others. That's the sense in which he means he says the one who prophesies is great. And not that they're a better Christian. They're, 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 but actually it's just more useful. It's a more useful thing in terms of gifts that build up the church in an immediate way. But as part of though what, what he's saying, he is saying this is a good gift. This is a good gift. So first thing he says is he strengthens you spiritually. It strengthens you spiritually. He says anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. He means that they strengthen themselves, they build up themselves. And as I said, it's the same. I know it's confusing sometimes when the Bible's translated into English from New Testament, from the original Greek. Um, 
Edifies means strengthens. And, and, and I guess and it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? If, if speaking in tongues is praying and praising and thanking God, well, I think we'd probably think as Christians, if you do that in your normal language, that builds you up. That is a good thing. It strengthens your relationship with God. Well, if then you've got this gift that helps you do that in a, in a different way, but alongside praying in your native language, then, of course, it's going to build you up. It's going to build you up spiritually as you're able to perhaps spend more time in prayer. Pray when you've run out of words, that kind of thing. Some Christians think that Romans 8, in Romans 8, Paul talks about the Spirit helping us to pray in our weakness. I don't think it's just this, but it could be, this could be part of it. God wants to, if you find prayer difficult as a Christian, God wants to help you. The Holy Spirit wants to help you. It might be through the gift of languages. It might just be anyway. He wants to help all of us in prayer. But it says the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, and maybe tongues can be part of that too. Now, I guess one of the, uh, the reasons that Christians, that there are Christians, maybe you're one of them, you, you've, you've spoken in tongues in the past, um, but maybe you, re- you rarely use it. I had a period um, like that of, of years, really, of not really using the gift. And I guess part of the thing is you can just think, I just don't really understand what it's doing. I don't really understand the point of it. And you just sort of fall out of the habit of using it. But I, I guess I want to say that if you've got the gifts, I think you just need to hear these words that actually it builds you up. It strengthens you spiritually. If, you, if you've neglected it, if you stop doing it, go back to it. Use it. I'm not saying just use it all the time, but use it as part of your prayer life. Make the most of it. Especially perhaps in your, in your prayer, in your worship, uh, privately. Well, the, other th- the second thing is, What's tongues all about? What's it for? It strengthens the church when interpreted. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, just more useful to those who are listening, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. And Rich will say more about this, as I keep saying. (laughs) But Paul's key point here is that for the church, when we gather together, uninterpreted tongues... It's only of benefit to the person who's praying. But when we gather together on Sundays and at other times, it's such an emphasis of the Bible. Actually, when we gather together, it's, we're not just a, a, a bunch of individual Christians doing a kind of us and God prayer worship thing, and we could be anywhere. We could be anywhere with anyone. No, we're here with our brothers and sisters. This is a kind of a, a body together thing. And we need, to, we need to think about, you know, this is the bigger thing with the gifts. How, how am I serving and blessing and impacting positively or negatively on other people? We're kind of here together. And so Paul says that when someone prays in a tongue in pu- public meeting, it should be interpreted into a language that the majority of people can understand. Then just like any, any you know, we here, we're greatly blessed, aren't we, by people church members and those we know well, coming to the mics and to pray, to read a scripture, sometimes to sing a prophetic song, to bring a prophetic word. We're greatly blessed by those things. And, uh, but if someone comes, and maybe if you've been around at the church, you've heard this, if someone prays out loud 
in, in a tongue, then we wait. We ex- try and explain what, it, what, that, what that was for the benefit of uh, new people. But we, we say, let's, let's wait. Let's, let's hear that interpretation so we can all benefit from what has just been said. And that's such an important thing in terms of following the instructions that Paul is giving. It's given. When it, and when it is interpreted, it is a great blessing. It's a great blessing to us. So the gift of tongues, it strengthens us and it can strengthen others. Last question. How do you get it? How do you get it? How do you get this gift of speaking in tongues? I hope that what, I mean, what I'm really at pains to try and get across this morning is although the Christians in Corinth were having some problems with this gift, and believe me, Christians down the centuries have had problems with this gift as well, it is controversial in many circles. Paul later says in in verse 18, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Paul thanks God for this gift. It's a good gift. But because of the nature of it, it may just be a little bit unclear, very unclear, how do you get it? Or maybe even how do you know you've got it? Should you ask for it? Does it just happen? Could I speak in tongues, you might be thinking? Well, again, a couple of important verses. And I know I've read a lot of verses this morning, haven't I? There's a lot of verses coming on the screen, that kind of thing. But I guess I just want to... Just want to be clear that what we're saying is what God's saying in the Bible. You know what I mean? Chapter 14, verse 1 Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Yes, he is talking about, he is lifting up prophecy as being such a useful gift in the church. But here, the other thing that he's saying as part of that, he's saying, I'd like all, I'd like all of you to speak in tongues. Um, and I'd like to all eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, which must include this gift of languages as well. This gift is potentially for all Christians. We do need to balance that, though, with what we've already talked about from chapter 12, where Paul says that actually the Spirit distributes the gifts as he determines, as he decides. And we're, we're a body as a church. There's this image of the body, like we're not all a, you know, we're not all a hand, we're not all a foot. We all need, we're different parts of the body with different gifts. And if you're able to speak in tongues, if you've been given that gift, it's not a sign that of, of maturity. Uh, you get that gift, you become a Christian yesterday. Or that you've reached some special level of spirituality. We don't believe from the Bible at Kings that all, uh, all Christians who've been filled with the Spirit will speak in tongues. But many will. And it's a gift that's open to everyone, and it's a good one to ask for. It's not a reward. Don't put it on a different level from other Christians. But it's a good one. It it helps you. It builds you up, and it can build up the church when interpreted. Let me just sort of finish by by saying how it worked for me. And I'm not saying this is the definitive way. In a sense, this is kind of all I know what what happened to me. But um, when I was a student, it's like, over 30 years ago, uh, I was 18. Uh, I'd been a Christian for quite a few years. I'd been in a church that didn't really talk about um, some of these gifts. And uh, I went away to university, started going to a Pentecostal church. 
And they were very keen on speaking in tongues. You could sort of hear it. They were talking about it. And they were very happy to pray with people to receive that gift. And I became convinced, yeah, I think this is something that I really uh, would like to have. And I started going to this men's prayer meeting that they had there at 6 o'clock in the morning. I don't think I went every day, but um, very early. But um, I think, at least looking back, it was like, I don't find it easy to get up in the mornings, and and certainly as a student. But I kind of wanted this so much that I thought, I'm going to be down at the church 6 in the morning. And um, I I was probably praying about this for maybe 10 days or uh, two weeks or something like that. Every day, is anything happening? Is anything happening? And I was at this prayer meeting, men's prayer meeting at this church. And it was in a context of prayer. I was praying in English, just as part of the prayer meeting. And there were people moving around, some of the leaders praying for people. And a couple of leaders came, laid their hands on me, hand on my shoulder, prayed for me. And, um, well, it was kind of a... I mean, it was strange, but not... Not bad, you know. It wasn't weird. It was just, uh, I think maybe they say, you know, I said to them, yeah, I'd love to have the gift of tongues. They prayed for me. They said, you know, just, just, just keep praying, keep praying, keep worshipping, and just, just say whatever words God puts into your mouth. And these kind of words came out. Uh, and I've been able to do it ever since. And one of the things I think was interesting about it was that it, for me, it was a real kind of release for me in prayer. It wasn't just that that day, oh, I could pray in this other language. Actually, I felt much more comfortable praying in general. And I felt much more comfortable praying in front of other people as well. It was like God really sort of, in a sense, opened my mouth to help me to pray. So maybe, I don't know, maybe this is particularly a gift. You know, if you're someone who finds prayer difficult and you don't have this gift, maybe, maybe that's... Maybe you're the sort of person who might think, actually, I really ought to, I, this could really help me. Of course, for anyone, anyone can ask for it, but maybe, maybe God is stirring you this morning to say, actually, I'd like that gift. Or, or I've asked for it before and nothing happened. Well, ask again. Maybe you're someone who has that gift. Well, use it. Make sure you're using it. Make sure you're making the most of it. I, I want to recommend it to you. But whatever happens, whatever gifts God chooses to give us, whether it's this one, whether it's other things, and to be honest, I've got some gifts that I'm, I've prayed to God for for many years, and I, he hasn't given me. So it's not like we, we, we all get exactly what we ask for. But God, we trust God. He's good. He gives good gifts. He wants us to use the gifts that he's given us for his purposes. He is so good in what he gives well, let me, let me pray, and we're going to have a chance to respond, even to, to be prayed for, if you'd like that, to, for the rest of us to worship together. Let me just pray. Father God, we just thank you that you are the giver of all good gifts. As Jesus said, when we ask you for things, you give us good gifts. You don't give us bad gifts. You give us good gifts. You know what we need, and you know what your church needs as well. I just pray, I pray this morning for a real release of spiritual gifts amongst us, Lord. I pray for people who, whether it's this gift or other gifts that have been neglected or need to be developed or come to the rise up, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, you would release spiritual gifts amongst us this morning. And I pray, Lord God, just for your glory, for for the growth of your kingdom, that people might come to know Jesus, that the church might be built up. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.